Hey friends, feels a little bit strange to say, but welcome to summer. Jonathan, I don't know about you, but it's like 40 degrees and raining here in Colorado. We got about eight inches of snow this weekend. So my kids' first day of summer, they went sledding and made a snowman. It's just the strangest beginning to summer ever. What's it, what's it like over on the East Coast right now? It is. I mean, it was 100 degrees on Saturday and Sunday. And it's in the 50s and rainy today. The weather's all over the place, but I really feel like that's a good representation of like how a lot of people feel right now as you head into summer. Like this year for me has gone by so fast from January to now. And a lot of things just feel all over the place right now. And I think the weather is kind of showing us like, hey, it's crazy. Like it's just, it's weird and it's disorienting. We didn't have any of snow and I couldn't make snow angels. I, mean, I could go swim in my backyard right now, but it's just, I don't know. It's just all over the place. It's not brag. Let's not brag, okay? I mean, I know it feels like summer there. Uh, we just crossed some major milestones for the Briggs fam. My daughter graduated high school, which is a huge deal, and obviously, you know, ushers her into adulthood in some cool ways. Um, I was just over in Europe, actually recorded one of our podcasts over there and had an opportunity to uh, equip and coach and care for and just connect with uh, some pastors, planters, and missionaries over there um, and just processing a lot. Obviously, the refugee crisis, they have some great opportunities there. But then we just got to travel. We got to eat well. We stayed in hostels. And it was just one of those trips we won't forget. So I can honestly say I've been all over the map. It doesn't feel like summer. Even if it were warm here, um, things are just kind of wild. I'm actually coming in from our new office. So we have this shared hub space here in Colorado Springs that uh, kind of cool old industrial space. And inside of it, we thought, why not put a vintage camper? So I'm coming in from this cool kitschy vintage camper i mean why not as a podcast studio that's got to be one of the coolest who wouldn't want a vintage you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of um back a couple years ago you recorded a podcast out in california one of the big churches and it was uh inside of a little teeny tiny airstream so you kind of have a you kind of have a similar you kind of have a similar setup right now too and i can't wait to see it strange to say this is not our (laughs) first podcast from a vintage camper uh, so we're yeah really excited. We're moved in here, but it, it really has been a push this spring. You're right. A lot of people are feeling, you know, really off this exiting COVID phase where people are just ready to get together again. It's been awesome. We had about 35 people in here kind of christening the place and dreaming together. Uh, we're going to get our team back together. So friends, whatever the summer has for you, we are going to be sharing about how we're changing things up here in the podcast. We can't quite share today but we are going to bring you into what we think are some really cool audio experiences this summer. And uh, we're really excited to share more about that in the next couple episodes. We've got a couple more really good episodes for you, but today is one of my favorites. About every six months we pause and Jonathan and I say, man, we have really had some incredible guests on here. And there are some snippets that really stick out Um, I think all of our content from guests is really good, really solid, helpful to some. I get texts and emails from you guys. Thank you for following up and showing how that impacts your life. But some of them feel particularly timely in this moment. And so we wanted to pull those out. Uh, Jonathan and I only got three highlights each. So we're going to give you a quick intro to those. And we're going to ping pong back and forth like we like to do. We'll give you the episode number so that you can go back and listen to the whole thing. But this is not just a highlight reel, although it is that. It's a leadership development opportunity for somebody you know. Send this to them. 
have a conversation with a friend, a family member, and a teammate. Uh, listen to this together. Take notes together. We don't just want to be content in your ear. We actually want to be leadership development for you and for those people around you. So with all that said, we had to make some hard choices. Jonathan, what's your first choice? And I'll start with episode 273. Something that's become a, a, a key word for me in this last season, I think a lot of other people too, is how to be a bit more vulnerable in the spaces that we inhabit. And so I really love the conversation with Matt Shoup about the importance of leading with vulnerability. And I think it's something that as we head into summer months and as we kind of come into this space of more rest and we're spending time with family and we're kind of in those different spaces about how to be a bit more vulnerable with where we are, what we're feeling. And it's an opportunity to, to let people get a big, a little bit more of an inside view of where we're at and what we're doing. And I think it creates a better, healthy culture. So guys, enjoy this clip from episode 273 with Matt Shoup on leading with vulnerability. I was talking with the team about this the other day. Is it, it this is this comes out of frustration, but I'll share the lesson. And I think the opportunity is there's so much fakeness out there right now click bait, click funnel, get rich, get better marriage, better life, better finances. Here's the three steps Each to get muscles. this work. Yeah, all that stuff. And, and it's just you, the, the social media world that we live in where everything is dolled up and buttoned up and beautiful and you don't have to work for it. At least that's perceived. And you think you can just go out and grab that is, you know, I say this all the time is, um, and I think it's already happening is the, the fake's going to get found out and it's getting found out really quick what this world and especially what the business world is missing and this is what i'm writing about it's being real and vulnerable and brave in the stories that you communicate with your end users right your clients the people you lead the people you serve your congregation uh, just just sharing some of your worst moments and getting vulnerable there's not too many people willing to do that and i see this you know kind of this wave coming of leaders that are going into that space they're building amazing followings um, you know, if you're getting down to X's and O's of business, they're generating more leads, more revenue, more profit. And I think that's a big, uh, big movement that's coming. All right, man. So I'm excited again. Six clips, three apiece. We trimmed it down this time, but there's so much gold. What do you have next for us? So the next clip is one that centers around something that I think we're all wondering is when do we speak up about an issue that's unfolding? Mm. And when do we stay quiet? And different people would say different things. But I love this conversation with Wayne Francis. Wayne has become a friend. He's a coaching client right now. And he's a pastor in New York. And he really brings us to a conversation. I encourage you to listen to the whole episode. This is episode 298. He's talking about his book. He's talking about God and race. Obviously, a hard and a charged conversation in the last few years. And yet he brings such clarity to this idea, when do we speak up, when do we not, and how, most importantly, do we be in loving, caring, truthful, meaningful relationship with those who may not see the world the same way as we do? Enjoy this clip from my friend, Wayne Francis. Talk about those mistakes. What do we do when we say something dumb? Because we're going to along the way. At least maybe I'm speaking for myself here. I'm going to say something dumb. What do I do when I make a mistake? Um, well, you don't stay. You don't stay silent. I think you apologize quickly and acknowledge um, ignorance or acknowledge, uh, you know, that your position is flawed. But to not speak only allows us to fester more on things that are not, um, you know, true. Or we allow fear to hold us back from having very powerful conversations that we do need to have. So you can't be afraid of speaking out. 
um, to another person, your ideas or maybe things that you're feeling um, because you're worried about getting canceled. That's the, that's the, the thing that I think the enemy used, um, especially in 2020 um, or at least from 2016 on when um, at least the tentacles of racism seemed to strangle everything, churches, politics, you know, pop culture. It was crazy. Um, and it allowed us to be afraid to speak. And um, we actually hold a position that we need to speak up, that we need to be able to stumble into those conversations, to stumble into those um, those ways where we might say something, man, that it's like I didn't mean that. Mm. Everybody can feel humility. Um, and that's the, the there's a difference between hubris and humility. And if you have some humility in expressing your point, people will forgive you more than um, you coming across in a way that's like, you know, I, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously is hard to tell online as well. I think an invitation back to your word conversation is that this comes out of relationship versus out of, Hey, we're trying to go make a public statement and create something. Um, so obviously as you're sounds like signing this contract, even our world is divided. People are taking to the streets. Ironically, at the same time, we're just coming out of quarantine. That was a crazy season. And we think about, George Floyd and everything that followed from that. Talk to pastors directly here. We have a lot of pastors that listen to this podcast, Wayne, and you are one. There are moments that you speak in the midst of the heat and the tension. And then there are times when you feel like, okay, we can breathe just a little bit and have some more conversations. And unfortunately, maybe between incidents um, that have, you know, public outrage happening. How might pastors speak differently in those moments of outrage and then in those moments where there's less outrage? In the moments of outrage, you should always have accountability for whether you're going to have a sermon or a post that you filter through some people of color on how they're going to receive that. And by way, I want to mention that those people of color should be diverse in Um, their age. The Black experience, at least, um, is not monolithic. And I would go on to say that, you know, other hues of melanin have different um, issues. Um, But I think you you need accountability um, before you say something publicly. Um, So it's good to source, especially when times are tense. And I think when when times are tense, it's okay at times to strategically employ silence. Jesus didn't always speak into everything. I felt like during 2020 and 2021, people needed to appear like they were involved in the conversation. So they had to post something or say something on Facebook. Silence is violence. So I'm going to, I'm going to post, I'm going to post something to say that I see what's what's going on. And unfortunately, a lot of people were posting things that didn't have a relationship with a person on the other side of, um, you know, of the skin color or something. It was just kind of like you were saying things. Um, I think the I think the most tragic thing is actually happening now, Alan, to be quite honest with you, because it seems as though we only respond to issues on race when there's headlines and hashtags. And I think like during this period right now is the most strategic time for pastors to be developing relationships with people in the church that are diverse or other pastors. And really, um, because I think that a lot of uh, pastors that were at least white during that season, and I'll speak to the black people because I always kind of flip this too, um, that were white during the season were trying to find that one 
black person to say, hey, this is my, my friend. I'm going to have him on this Facebook, you know, live or this YouTube live. And we're going to be talking about race. But they never really had a deep relationship before then. Didn't they, they, they you know, didn't have conversations about these things. So it just dissolved quickly. And now, you know, that there is no real abiding tension. Um, pastors are not having that conversation, which allows white pastors at least to lose authority um, in the race conversation because it seems like you might only speak when there's tension. Now, on the other side of this, too, what I found during the 2020, 2021 season was that a lot of Black pastors and Black leaders were not trying to really push the conversation toward diversity. It felt like it was more like we wanted... uh, you know, homogeny affirmed in some way, wanted to hear our pain and so on, which was great and so on. I think it was a great time for um, more conversations to happen between black and white people. But conversely, I do not think that the burden and the responsibility of diversity is only for white leaders. I actually think that black leaders have to be moving in that direction as well to be having conversations with white people. And if you're in a community where your church can actually reflect the complexion of the community, that black leaders need to have a desire for diversity in that way as well. So it's not just white leaders saying, hey, I do want to have a diverse church. Black leaders have to say, yeah, I want a diverse church too. If your communities represent um, a a vast array of um, color. All right, Jonathan, what do you got? And next up, I'm going to take it back to you and I. We recorded an episode back in February, episode 279, where we hit on the topic of reestablishing your habits and revisiting your goals. The entire episode is gold, and it's very timely for this season as we step into um, what it looks like to track where we were in January. We've gone through one quarter. We're approaching midway through the year. And so, guys, enjoy this clip and really sit with the entire episode because it's timeless content about what it means to reestablish your habits and revisit those goals that we're so earnestly trying to achieve. So when you talk about reevaluating where we're coming to a place now it's March. I mean, let's get real. We're a few days away from March where, uh, you know, a couple months in, and I feel like you hit the nail on the head. You come into January with so much passion and so much drive and so much curiosity and guilt to redo the thing that you didn't finish last year. So some of that carries over. And by now the shininess is worn off and you're starting to wonder, man, what happened? It's real now. Did I really set myself up for success? Did I really, did I, did I overshoot? Did I underdeliver? What's going on? And so it's time to reevaluate. So let's dig into that, Alan. Yeah, I mean, our our goals, I think we're notoriously bad at creating goals for ourselves. And if you're a solid goal setter and you have kind of that, what I encourage the 10% stretch, we're not stretching 50% where it's completely unrealistic, but Um, It's a 10% stretch like, man, that's going to be a challenge to get there. Um, That's great. The problem is we're not really leaving any margin there. So uh, very, very simply, guys, just reevaluate your goals. Um, Ask a couple of questions. Number one, were they realistic? Were your goals realistic? And are they realistic? Are they actually doable? Guys, you have nine months of the year left. This is just the first quarter. So if you need to reevaluate, this is the best time. Are your goals realistic? Secondly, are you making progress on them? Maybe they are realistic. You just didn't have a plan to make progress on them. And so now is the time to zoom out uh, very practically. We're always about the practical. I encourage you to take three or four hours, just a half day, 
And to get away somewhere beautiful, I have a place I love to get away to in our city. Uh, get away to somewhere beautiful, maybe grab a cup of coffee, put your phone on airplane mode and go back to your goals. Mine are in the beginning of the Right Side Up Journal. And I take a look at that quarterly. I'm a huge fan of quarterly goals and you can spot it. If you're 25% into the year, but you're not making that kind of progress, now is a great time to hit timeout. And guess what, guys? You can reevaluate your personal goals. May take and, a little more work with your work goals, right? For Jonathan, yeah. we're talking about some things. We actually moved one of our goals this year because it felt a little bit rushed. And that ultimately was a really healthy decision for us. Yeah, I mean, things are always pivoting. Life is always happening. And really, life happens at the rate at which you respond to change. So you want to be as proactive as possible, but, you know, reevaluating is necessary. I mean, I've had to shift some of my goals already because I realized maybe what I was trying to pursue, I needed to add a little bit more breathing room in there. Or my systems that I had in place to get there weren't as structured as they needed to be. So let's say, let's shift this a little bit. So the beauty in reevaluating doesn't mean you need to scrap it and say, oh, well, I can't, I can't achieve that goal. I can't, I can't get there. So you know, I'm a failure. I need to just put that away. That's not true. Reevaluating means, okay, based on the trajectory where I'm currently headed, what does this look like right now? And make those necessary changes. Some may be small, some may be small, some may be larger, but shifting just enough to help you arrive at a similar destination that may in reality look a bit different than we'd initially planned, but you can still get there. Another thing to reevaluate is just take an honest assessment of your health. Your heart, soul, mind, and strength, your body. Um, and you know, how you doing? We ask questions, how are your energy levels? How are your encouragement levels? And if they're low, then first of all, ask why, but it's a great time to reassess, um, your mind. Uh, how's, how's your mental health? How is your capacity to read books? Are you tanked at the end of the day? Or are you ready to go? Are you getting adequate sleep? Uh, and you know, as we think about your heart, how attentive is your heart to people? Compassion fatigue, um, which is a flavor of burnout, is real. Where do you still have empathy? Do you have the ability to enter other people's worlds? That's crucial for me as a coach. If I don't have any more empathy, I cannot help people um, walk on their journey because it's challenging. Uh, and then soul, take an honest evaluation of of how is my soul? How attentive am I to God? What about those dreams? How are the prayers that are, you know, spilling out of me and coming into me? And that's really important, guys, to, to make sure if your levels are low, then it's time to make a change, but also time to reevaluate what may be off or wrong. Maybe you're just in a funk and you're not sure. A couple of weeks ago, I was just discouraged and I wasn't exactly sure why. And so I had some good conversations with my wife and with my counselor, and I think I've named some things, but ultimately, sometimes we just hit a funk, and it's unexplainable. And in those times, it's helpful then to reevaluate, how do my goals have to do with this? You may feel like you are underneath a pile of rubble trying to push your way out because you simply just planned goals two-dimensionally, and then three-dimensionally, life happened. If the rubble's on top of you, friends, take time, invite other people to help you pull the rubble off and to take your next right steps, like we say. And your next right step may feel wrong, but it may feel like lowering your bar uh, for this year. So that's really the the reevaluate piece of that. Jonathan, anything else on that? I would just say don't feel guilty for having to reevaluate. It's a sign of health. If you're, if you're identifying that you're having to reevaluate goals and, and habits that you've put in for this year, 
you're doing the right thing. That could be the next best step you're taking. So if you find yourself there and you're listening to this and you're like, man, maybe I need to reevaluate. Good for you for identifying it and naming it. All right, Alan, you came in heavy with the first one. I love that. I love that frame. I love the content and the idea of just really discernment and knowing when to speak. So man, what do you have next for us? I've been building a relationship uh, with Nancy Ortberg and Nancy, um, she leads Transforming the Bay for Christ and her and her husband, John, have been incredibly involved for many, many years um, in that part of the country, which really has a lot of uh, challenges that other parts of the country don't uh, in the heart of Silicon Valley. And Nancy, in this interview, kind of it kind of snuck up on me, honestly, Jonathan, where she began, we started to talk about spiritual disciplines. She pushed sort of a different way, almost what I would call spiritual delight. And she begins to talk about wonder and I was struck by how many of us, me included, have lost some of the wonder, especially in this season. So I think this will open up your mind and heart. Nancy Ortberg, episode 277. Let's talk about wonder. So let me unpack some thinking in that for just a minute. I love the way you said it. Isaiah 29, verses 13 and 14. It's the prophet Isaiah. So you know God's mad. Got to tell the people why he's <laughs> mad. Isaiah says, "Your lips, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. I don't know about you, but almost daily basis, I find my insides and my outsides don't always match when it comes to God. So guilty as charged. Mm -hmm. Second complaint he has is you've taken religion and turned it into a bunch of rules made up by men instead of a relationship. You know, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, do it in the morning, 30 minutes. Guilty as charged. Then the next verse says, therefore, and I would expect, knowing God the way I do, that it would be we start a read through the Bible program tomorrow. And again, for me, all the time spiritual disciplines are mentioned, it always involves just a few things, solitude, reading the Bible, journaling, and it's such a narrow scope. The next verse says, therefore, once again, I will astound my people with wonder upon wonder. Mm. And at least in those two verses, he's saying what heals a heart from being disintegrated from God and from turning religion into a bunch of rules is being astounded by the very things you just said. So, not only does that count as a spiritual practice, it's a very important spiritual practice. Mm, so well said. And then one other thing, there's been a big study between Duke, Notre Dame, and Azusa Pacific University on what prevents burnout in those in senior pastor roles. And it wasn't more spiritual discipline. It wasn't going back to school. Not that either one of those are bad things. Over everybody they studied in a longitudinal study, uh, it was do they have a hobby that they practice on a weekly basis? And when they practice it, they lose track of time. Yep. And you think about that's theologically profound. It's hmm. saying when I surf or when I go hiking, I lose track of time and I'm reminded the earth is still spinning on its axis and I have nothing to do with it. Really good stuff from Nancy. I mean, she is a well of really good stuff. And again, it sneaks up on you. Uh, and she has such solid thinking and content. I love the idea uh, of her and John out there surfing and being in creation, wrapped up in the waves and feeling that wonder there. Nancy's actually going to come into what we call Right Side Up Collective. And this is a membership that uh, only those who are in the collective will get access to this. But she comes in, she's going to share some content, have some Q&A. That's going to be this month in June. We highly encourage you for 30 bucks a month to work on your leadership to come in with a community of people 
And it's almost like group coaching. And yet you'll get access to some amazing people like Nancy. She's going to be talking in there uh, as she does so well about spiritual delight and spiritual disciplines, a little bit more on wonder, I'm sure. And then we'll have open access for Q&A. So don't miss that Right Side of Collective. It's in the show notes. We've got an amazing community of folks. Shout out to those folks in the collective. Thank you for your comments, your thoughts, your recommendations. We love interacting. Jonathan, what do you got next? All right. We talk a lot about balance versus rhythm and stay forth. And um Rhythm is really where it's at. And so I love the conversation, episode 333, with Jamie Villalobos. She is someone who does so many things. She's a parent, high-capacity leader, does all of the things. And yet you guys had a great conversation around the idea, is balance even a possible thing to attain, especially when we speak so much about rhythm and the importance of rhythm. So guys, enjoy this clip and the entire episode from 303 with Jamie Villalobos on Is Balance Even Possible? I'm curious from your angle, what are a couple of the leading factors in leaders that end up burning out? A lot of things. Well, one of the things is a lot of a lot of leaders, male and female, but I think especially female, tend to take on more than they should. They tend to say yes to everything. <laughs> you know, leaders, I believe absolutely that leaders are servants and that leaders should have a team over me mentality. The team comes first. What's best for the team is best what's, you know, what's best for them. But also, you know, they have to be feeling themselves. And I did that for a long time. I would kind of, you know, the team was my my company and all these people that I was serving and, and helping. All that chaos always came first because there's always something urgent that you have to attend to. What would come next? Of course, the kids and all of their things and their activities. And then what would come last, poor thing, is my husband, Sean. And he deserved more than that. And then what didn't come at all usually was me, my self-care. And so we tend to burn out because we take too much on our plate. We don't know how to say no. Uh, I teach in the book a lot of, you know, my scripts of how to politely and nicely say no, that you don't have any guilty feelings. So you can set boundaries to all these people that are sucking up your time um, and burning you out. But women, especially women tend to, uh, if you ask, if you ask all the men and all the women in an organization, the same question of, let's say, subsystems and admin systems the women typically know how to run all of those. And a lot of them are actually doing it instead of delegating to their staff. Whereas the men wouldn't even know those systems exist. He would just have his staff doing it. And so again, uh, it's, it's all leaders. We tend to say yes. And we tend to say, you know what? If it's going to be done right, I'm going to do it myself. Or I'll just get it done faster if I do it myself. Or I'll sleep when I'm dead. And we're you know burning the candles at both ends because we have this vision of what we are trying to accomplish uh, for others or for, for our own life. And then eventually we get to a point where like, man, I've been working so hard for so long. I need a break. And uh, we tend to plateau. And I, I know there's no really no such thing as plateauing. It's you're either growing or you're dying. You're either contributing or you're you're shrinking back in, in your capacity. And so, um, you know, I think that burnout comes from lack of self-care, lack of, you know, it's kind of putting everything else first. If you aren't taking care of you, you're gonna, you're not gonna be the best leader, you're not gonna be the best communicator, you're not gonna be the best husband or wife or parent. You're gonna be short probably with your kids. You're not gonna have the best uh, inspiration and ideas because you're gonna be stressed out. And again, I, I am all for being busy. I am very, very busy all the time, but there's a difference between busy and fulfilled and loving your life and busy and chaos and anxiety and stress. And so, you know, like I said, if you can take care of 
figure out what your self-care needs are first and take care of you and have all that kind of planned in there. And then next should be, I think your number one relationship, which with, besides with God is with your spouse. The best thing that you can do for your kids is show your kids an example of a happy, loving relationship. Most people put their kids first because, you know, the kids are everything, but I believe the spouse should come next, then the kids, the family unit, and that's the most important core unit. And then everything else that you're building is really just who you are, what you stand for, and should be supporting your core values and your vision and your family. We have we have gotten to the end. You have one final highlight. Which one have you saved for last? Let's have it. I love this conversation with Clay Scroggins, affectionately called the Scrog Dog. And he's actually just made uh, a recent shift from pastoring at North Point Community Church to being a full-time coach and consultant. And so we got opportunity to talk just a little bit about that um, and some of the joy in that, some of the challenge and the fears in that, that terror journey. But what I loved is when he began to talk about change right now and a shift toward fulfillment, that in this shifting landscape, what leaders are experiencing is people leaving organizations, people leaving bosses, but also people being drawn more back to the idea of fulfillment. I do think COVID has revealed that human desire for folks. Some people have just been punching the clock. I think it allowed people the chance to say, what really matters in my life? I think a lot of people want more fulfillment in their careers. So Clay kind of pokes at this. This is episode 266. Go back and catch the whole episode for this one and the others that Jonathan and I have talked about. Don't miss this one, fulfillment and change. You talk about ways that we can retain employees. So I definitely want to dig in on this. But first of all, why are employees leaving? Well, they're leaving for leaving for a number of reasons. I mean, number one, they have sat around and had all those existential questions that they never really had time to answer. They finally started asking over the last two years. Um, I think also, though, the the desire for what employees want is changing. Um, employees want flexibility even more than a pat on the back or a promotion or a pay raise. They want the flexibility to be able to work when they want to work and work how they want to work and work where they want to work. And I think that uh, I, it's, it's, it's like a power shift, which is really interesting. Like the, the power shift that's moving from the company or the employer or the organization to the employee. And I, I mean, I'm here for it. Like, I like, I think it's a healthy thing. I think it's given people the opportunity to tell their bosses or to request to their boss or to ask their, Hey, this is kind of the way I've always wanted it to be, but now uh, I've never been able to say it. And this is kind of what I'm looking for. So I think that's one of the reasons I think people are looking for, uh, you know, usually people are looking for one of three things in their job. They're looking for, uh, they want to work on what they're really good at working on. So they want to work on their craft. They want to work on in a great, um, with, have a great community. They want people that they love, or they want to work on something that really matters to them, a cause that really makes a difference in the world. And so depending on which of those three, whichever way you're wired, I think people are leaving for one of those three reasons too, because they're working for a place that doesn't have a great cause or hasn't figured out how their, what they do fits in the bigger scheme of how to make the world a better place. Yeah. Uh, or they don't love the people that they work with because of the culture that they're in. 
or because they're just not allowed to work on the thing that they really feel like they're best at working on. So um, that's a longer answer to a really important question that I think every employer ought to be asking right now is Mm. why are people leaving? And the best way to ask that question, I think, is to ask the people that are staying, why are you staying? And I think in asking that, it can help you answer the first question. Mm, That's good. Talk about vulnerability for a minute. What's shifting in vulnerability, both culturally and I think inside of organizations as well? Well, I, yeah, you, you asked that great question, which, which I was playfully not answering about which one is my favorite, but I would say, you know, if you were to, my hope is if you were to read this book, you would catch a couple big themes. And one of them is this realization that it is impossible to know everything. And I think there was a day where you could really be a master. You could be really excellent at something. You could have all the knowledge on something, but because of the rate of change in the world, because of how much is changing, because of how much information is just absolutely exploding. Um, we're all in that. Uh, what, what do they call them in the gaming world? You know, you're a noob, right? You know, if you're like a new player, um, we're kind of all going to be stuck in that noob state. I mean, you, you know, you take like a piece of software that you haven't used in a couple of months and you open it up to use it. And you're like, whoa, 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 what, like this has changed. Like, where did my menu go? You know, like, where's the button that I always use? Because the updates are constantly having, I mean, chances are, there is a platform or a system or technology that is going to be used that is going to change the world in the next year that is not even in our lives right now. And learning how to be willing to say, I don't know, learning how to be willing to lead with our weaknesses, learning how to be okay with, I'm not an expert on this, but it doesn't mean that I can't start leading in this way. Um, I just think it's key for any leader to be able to do that. And, and a, one of the words for that would be vulnerability. Well, I personally enjoyed all these conversations and I can't wait to go back and listen to the ones that, that you picked. Alan, I know we, we curate all of these conversations, but I enjoy listening to them and I enjoy sharing about them because it's not just content, it's transformation. And each and every one of these episodes is a resource in and of itself Guys, we do these highlight reels because we know you're busy and we know that you don't always have time to listen to a full episode. So we really, truly try to bring you the best of, of these selections. We picked them. So we hope that you guys are enjoying these. Listen, like, and share. Invite someone to listen with you. And if you haven't, um, share the Right Side of Leadership podcast with your team. Um, we truly enjoy uh, curating these conversations and having them. It's a blessing. And all of it's under the with the goal of helping you get healthy so you can reach more impact. Don't forget... Uh, we have some amazing opportunities. One of them is the Right Setup Collective. You can check the show notes out below. Uh, again, Nancy Orberg will be there in June, and we have some amazing speakers lined up for the rest of the year. You don't want to miss this. For 30 bucks a month, you'll make an investment in your life and leadership in a way that you're just not going to find anywhere else. We truly believe it. Uh, we're thankful for you guys. Uh, we hope that as we enter the summer season, you find space for rest, to recharge, and to really enjoy where you're at, be present in the moment, put some deep roots down where you're hanging out, have some fun and plan well for the fall. Uh, We'll see you next week with a great episode about what we've got cooking up for the summer. So be on the lookout and tune in. But until next time, we'll see you in the next episode. So long.